0: if you're just tuning in welcome this is mango masala the south asian show my name is Gerns. i am here with halima hey guys and we also have a very special guest nisa hey. <laughs> hey everybody. and first of all let's just give credit to mr oh. janaid malik oh, okay
1: okay because... i thought you was gonna be like
0: <laughs> oh okay we'll, we'll give credit to Nisa afterwards but first of all <laughs> mr um janaid malik who everyone was bopping along to that tune just oh then. yeah
1: no that was a really good tune I really like that it's very summery it's perfect for this weather. actually I might play it in my car after believe
0: <laughs> right and now let's give credit to oh here we um, go here we
1: go
0: now let's give credit to Nisa so <laughs> Nisa was told okay we're gonna start the interview at um 2.30 so probably get here around 2.20 what time does Nisa get here bang on 2
1: were you keeping were you like do you have a notebook with the with the <laughs> times <laughs> and
0: stuff? Yeah. Meanwhile, Halima I knew that she wouldn't turn up on time, <laughs> so I told her, Come at um 2.10 slash 15 not telling her that the interview starts at 2.30 <laughs> and what time do you turn on like 2.25? 2.25. <laughs> 2
1: guys, 10 minutes, I would actually say is good going. You know what, this morning, like when it, when it hits, you know what, like, okay, so me, everyone knows by now, our loyal listeners of the show, everyone knows, I do have time management control. I will put my hand up. Like I was just saying to these guys before, you could not get any see, worse. Sorry,
0: you, you don't have time management control.
1: You do. <laughs> I have time, management yeah. issues. I have time management issues. Sorry, I was saying that like, you could not get any worse than brown timing. Then add to the fact that I'm neurodivergent. You cannot get any worse, right? um So everyone knows that I'm always late. Carlos did actually need If you don't know, Carlos did actually. I'm actually I'm not gonna bring it up.
0: No, yeah, you're I'm, not gonna bring it up. I'm not gonna bring you're it really
1: up. not gonna bring up. He actually proposed the late jar, but you know, like do you know the point at which you realize that like, oh i'm gonna be late
0: yeah. like i'm
1: gonna be late i hit that point and i was like carlos should have told me half one i was like why did carlos
2: say 210 <laughs> so, you know 215 yeah, I I like,
0: maybe i just won't tell her that it's at <laughs> 230 I thought, I thought oh no that's being too mean because what well, she does turn up at two <laughs> <or hold?
1: laughs> you should have known better carlos oh, no.
0: anyway Getting back to Nisa, our esteemed guest, who's the only one to have brought water to the studio. (laughs) She's
1: really prepared. She's on time. Not only she's got water, she's got ice in her water. We're literally sharing, guys, it is sweltering. The three of us, I feel like this is like Desert Island vibes. We're really sharing Nisa's one
0: flask of water between us. Can I just say as well, are you happy now?
1: For what? So oh, this there's heat. Are you,
0: are you happy I'm not going to lie.
1: Slyly, yeah, I am.
2: Literally, Slyly.
0: Gosh, is sweating into my eyes. Oh <laughs> like. my God.
1: Yeah, Carlos is. is suffering. It's
2: the summers in September. It's just crazy. Car- yeah.
1: But they, they say that every year, don't they? They call it an Indian summer. Yeah, yeah. They call it an Indian summer and every year they say, because my birthday is September, it's actually in three days, guys. Oh. Yeah, I know. Very scary, very excited anyways. birthday <laughs> Thank device. you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, so every year they say we're going to get an Indian summer and, every single year we roll our eyes and we're like yeah yeah whatever what like the heat wave that was supposed to come in July the same July where it rained every day okay but this year it's actually come
2: it's here it's actually here I am not here for it and
1: we're dying we're dying with it I am okay I'm, I'm struggling a little bit right now but overall I would much rather prefer this than cold guys so I've just come back from Spain not to make this all about me but I have just come back from Spain and it was boiling and me and my family would have this conversation would you rather die of cold or die of heat like freeze to death or like
2: overheat boil to death yeah I think me and Carlos had a a little bit of a similar conversation before yeah I think I would want to freeze to death
1: I think so as well I'm not gonna lie even though like I love the heat I think it would be a much (laughs) more painful death
2: yeah, I think getting frozen, like you, you just, just
1: die it slowly, yeah. wouldn't you? Like, I don't think your body. I feel like if it's heat, like your tongue would burst open. Yeah. Oh, like your yeah, organs would burst open. It
2: would take a while for it to yeah. like, go and kill you, I think. Yeah. Just girly things. Just, just girly yeah, just, things. Just, yeah, just yeah. girly yeah. thoughts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, <laughs> let's get on to it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. um, before we get into chatting to Nisa, probably should just give a trigger on and some of the stuff we're going to be discussing um, is might um cause a bit of distress to some people going to be discussing um sexual violence domestic abuse that sort of thing so if that's not what you want to listen to then we always say don't don't tune off just turn the
1: volume down, <laughs> the volume down <laughs> put it back down. on in about half an hour
2: yeah. guys
0: <laughs> but um nisa tell us a little bit about yourself
2: yeah yeah cool so i'm obviously south asian pakistani female uh, i qualified in 2018 as a psychotherapist and i think my journey to kind of help people started way before that just kind of like experiences in life growing up in south asian community it was very difficult at times it was challenging and i just never found a space to go and get help or Mm -hmm. feel like i could talk about it to anybody because everybody would just kind of shut you down or kind of put you in your place as a female you mean like mentally yeah mentally and just like just with life struggles like Mm you know, not wanting to go down the stereotypical route of like being a doctor or a lawyer, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I just always knew I wanna be a voice for people. Okay. People that don't really have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um so I worked as a healthcare assistant and then I realized there I think therapy is where big change happens and yeah. all the patients looked happy when they came out of therapy. So I was like, yeah, I wanna do that. Mm. Um so I went to uni, qualified um in twenty eighteen And then I just started working in schools, really. Schools, primary school setting, worked with a lot of South Asian families. um, As a counsellor? I was there as a counsellor. So my role was mental health practitioner, which was a bit challenging anyway because of the word mental. Mm. So a lot of families would kind of come in. And obviously it's nerve-wracking anyway being called into school because Mm. of your child. And I was there to say, hi, I'm a mental health practitioner and I'm here to help your child. And they were like, nope we don't want that we don't like this word this word mental is just not what we talk about
1: if anything we'll go to the imam not you
2: yeah exactly exactly we'll we'll pray it away like we believe in God and I was kind of like involved in like really challenging conversations Mm, I can imagine and just like really tough like situations where I was like this is not a bad thing you Mm. know and I think it's always been a battle in my life like a battle with my friends and my family to talk about mental health and then I went into this workspace and it was a battle again mm. so I've always just known this is tough this is a tough area um, and then once I worked in schools I realised I think I want to be with adults I want to be okay. part of an organisation that supports adults and then I found when I started work there it was Survivors Manchester now we are we are survivors um, so we're a male um organization to support survivors of sexual violence and i walked in and on my interview like my the ceo duncan craig he knows i'm like obsessed with just trying to get people of different ethnicities to come into the organization and break their silence Mm. because it's it's just not there. It's such
1: a cultural taboo still in our community. Like yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. It, one
1: thing is, as you said, the mental health education and conversations and discussions. And then when you bring mental health issues that come from trauma and abuse and sexual abuse, that's that's a whole a different whole ball game because it it's not to say that these things aren't prevalent
2: or they don't exist or however you want to see it it's that they're just so sweeped under the rug yeah exactly and that's the saddest part i think Mm -hmm. that's the the worst part about it is that these people are just suffering and we've got so many people in our community that are suffering uh, and will continue to suffer because we're not coming out and talking about this like it it's a crime when it happens it's got nothing to do with anything else Mm -hmm. when this happens to you it's not your fault yeah but so it's
0: him. so why do you think that like talking about it is the main way in which we can help like break the stigma because obviously we've discussed just now about how like a lot of south asian communities will immediately hear the word mental and be like absolutely not okay. no so obviously you've got to get past that barrier of actually them hearing the word mental health and then discussing it but so h- why do you think the actual conversation is the way to actually get them to be a bit like okay let's rethink this okay maybe it's not something that i need to push away
2: yeah i think conversation is just so powerful i think conversation opens up you know people sharing their stories people talking about their experiences and the help that they've got sharing that experience saying look this is what happened to me and i'm okay i think that opens up so much support anyway and just hope for people because when you start talking about things it starts normalizing it and it starts it's in your vocabulary naturally, whereas like the word "mental," like we were saying before, it's not in the vocabulary. The language I'm just
1: terrified. Is as soon as they hear that word, they think "mental" means like you need to be chained up, shackled up in putting a yeah. put in, um, straight jacket in the mental hospital, and you should be barking at people yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That's what they think. So true. being mental is you mm. know Honestly. like uncontrollable behavior, not kind of an everyday state of being that
2: actually looking at someone you might not necessarily see absolutely you're so right you got it spot on and even now like when you think like I'm from Pakistan like back home I know there's still places like that where you know people are literally just left in these houses and I think they're like called crazy houses you know and and they're just unhelped people and these are people with like schizophrenia Mm -hmm. bipolar Mm -hmm. they might just need a bit of medication and they'll Mm -hmm. be fine you Mm -hmm. know they're just not able to work through what they're going through because it's not diagnosed, it's
0: not talked about. Yeah. They're
2: just seen as we can't help them. There's something wrong with them, and we don't need this burden in our life. Mm.
0: I yeah. think, like you just said, then, I think there's a particular aversion to medication as well. I think we already kind of see that a bit with some South Asian um communities might opt for more homeopathic mm. r- um, remedies for various ailments whereas when it comes to mental health when there's not actually something tangible there that's even more of a case And to be like oh well why would i take this pills yeah. when i can just do this or that sort of thing it's so true mm. so true so obviously you have said like the reason that you wanted to come on this show as well is to appeal to a more like younger audience will not appeal that's probably the wrong word but reach out yeah. to and engage a younger audience um why do you think that like actually having those conversations and engaging with a younger generation and breaching this topic then is important
2: i've worked now where i've worked at we are survivors for it'll be three years in january and i've tried so hard to reach out to people in the Mm. community from older generations i've tried to reach out to imams mosques you Mm. know people to just sit with me and have a conversation and let's find a way to break this stigma let's break this silence in the community mm. and i've just got nothing i've got absolutely nothing and it's it's upsetting but it's also something that i think i just have to accept there's a certain generation that mm. are kind of set in their ways yeah you know uh,
1: but i think you know what it is i think setting their ways definitely there are some people and, and and certain institutions that definitely are i think a lot of it is also like so from being from the Similar community as well. A lot of it is like fear and fear of the unknown, and and more importantly, fear of ostracization. Yeah, because if people aren't talking about, if it's not an established kind of discussion and an accepted discussion being being the first person to do it people are very very afraid and i think that kind of fear resonates much more with the older community yeah. than perhaps for, for the younger generation people are gonna people are very afraid to come forward and be like hey okay do you know what i'm gonna take a stance on like sexual abuse so i'm gonna take a stance on mental health education or whatever because those around them who don't understand it will perceive it as a bad thing but actually i think all it takes is like a small number of people and then ev- and then you know they can influence everyone else you know like absolutely but that is that is really i think the difficulty in our community is just it's just especially when like sexual abuse i know people because sex in general yeah. has such a stigma and such a taboo attached to it yeah. now you're talking about sexual abuse that's just unthinkable like exactly. and and it's um, you know it's embarrassing it's shameful and and more most importantly we don't have systems and constructs of justice for those kind of things so then it's the question of okay cool if we sit and we have these conversations and we establish that okay there's this you know behavior of sexual abuse what next how do we hold these people to accountable you know we don't have these 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 constructs of of you know excommunication or accountability or rehabilitation none of that yeah, yeah you know so it's like okay this is not just a conversation this is we are it's an upheaval you know we're yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to basically
2: like overturn everything yeah. from the core of our society you Absolutely. know i totally get what you mean and i think you, it, there's so much truth in that because sex like you said is just such a taboo subject mm-hmm. anyway and you know in our community our culture it's like no sex before marriage yeah 100. and a lot of these times it's like and
1: even after marriage you don't you speak don't, about yeah, it you it's just girls go into or boys everyone they go into marriage without having any idea of sexual education, they just <laughs> learn as, they go, as along. they go along, it's just
2: unspoken. Absolutely, we come
1: from communities, especially Muslim communities, where it's a kissing scene on TV, you got to turn the channel if honestly. your parents are there. Oh like, my god, I know, you know the days and that, was, yeah, honestly, that's how that. taboo and conservative, and that's not to say whether it's right or wrong in general, but when it comes to things like this where it's at people's
2: detriment yeah that's wrong absolutely and there's something you just said there about the kind of we learn as we go on and that's so true because when you think about that and somebody's been abused as a child that's their first interaction of something sexual which is so wrong yeah shouldn't happen that's not the child's fault Mm -hmm. it's the adult that's Mm -hmm. put that on the child Mm -hmm. and then they're exposed to this and they grow up thinking that that's okay or what happened to me was fine, and mm. they don't actually work through the impact that it's had on them, mm. which I can tell you now will be so negative, you know? Mm. Mm. The amount of people I work with, and it's child abuse, and they grow up with that, and they don't break their silence until, you know, their adult life, which is quite common, which is pretty, I think, for majority of men. We're saying now, I think it takes a man 20 years to break his silence, That's if he's going to break his silence.
1: Yeah, How how do you see, kind of like, so... It's really interesting that Survivors is a male centred organization and I yeah. think that's it's it's a very important, I think, distinction to make because um obviously there's a lot of work to be done in general with sexual abuse, but I feel like with women in particular, maybe the conversation is a little bit further ahead. Yeah. Because of the power balance imbalance between men and women, it's a lot more easier to conceive of and conceptualize whereas with men it's much more difficult i've seen absolutely. instances even with my own male friends of sexual harassment where yeah. people are just brushing it off and no one can look at that situation and think that's sexual harassment but if it was the other way around it definitely would be absolutely so how how kind of has that impacted your or like what reflection do you have you know of being specifically in a male centered
2: yeah, yeah you know yeah. exactly what you said really there's a lot of that there's a lot of you know, kind of psychoeducation as well around that is sexual violence, that is sexual harassment, that is abuse because mm. they question it so much. Yeah. And I think if it doesn't look a certain type of way, they think it's not abuse and it's mm. not good enough. Yeah. And there's this huge issue with perpetrators and them mm-hmm. just being seen as men. Yeah. I've worked with so many survivors, male survivors, where the perpetrator's been a woman. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and exactly. It, and yeah.
2: Women can hide behind being a woman a little bit so it's not seen as abuse it's not seen as yeah they take advantage of that kind of inherent power balance yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's so wrong i think anyone can be an abuser anyone can be a perpetrator and you know the victim is then just left feeling everything feeling Mm. as if they've done something wrong feeling Mm. as if you know it was their fault which Mm -hmm. i just i really struggle with because i just think no child asks for that Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think as well because people think of um (coughs) abuse and um sexual assault in such a um binary kind of way yeah heteronormative binary way where obviously in that circumstance the male is going to be the person who is going to be the actor in that Mm, sense yeah so they kind of because they think of it in such that simplified way they have such a problem of actually conceptualizing okay just because this um, that isn't happening doesn't mean that assault can't actually occur like it's so much more complex and intricate than that like Mm,
2: absolutely and i think you know there's i've got you know similar like you were saying experiences with friends i've got people i know who have got married and the relationship's been so toxic you know the wife is really quite violent and abusive Mm. sexually mentally emotionally and the guys just kind of sat there taking it thinking you it's a woman so it's she's my wife she can't do it to me it's not abuse like and it's like no you're in an abusive relationship that is not okay and Mm. it's just this whole concept of how how can i be in the abuse how how can i be the abused one how am i in the abusive relationship yeah that's crazy and i think it really does tie down to like the roles of a man and woman yeah. in our community that yeah. i've realized there's i think it's embedded into us you know where a man is a provider a protector they're there to support the family financially they're supposed to be strong yeah the woman is there to take care of everything and you know have the children yeah. and, and keep the house clean and calm so how can the provider struggle how can the like yeah suffer?
1: gender differences i think in our community are very muscular they're very quite yeah. rigid Uh, maybe more so than other communities Um, and I think in that sense absolutely because South Asian men typically do tend to have kind of very strong masculine roles as in like they are the the leader they are the boss they Mm -hmm. are you know the head of the household big
0: egos (laughs) massive egos
1: massive egos so so that if that's kind of how you're looking at a man and a woman any man and a woman it will be very hard to accept even as the victim yourself that oh hang on this is abuse I'm a victim
2: absolutely so it seems
1: for you you've got kind of you've got it difficult in every way like firstly mental health is difficult yeah. then sexual abuse relating to mental health is difficult then the fact that it's male centred it's kind of yeah. you've really chosen layers One of the most, most yeah, thing, yeah. difficult
2: yeah. factions and I think being a woman as well in, in, in that space in yeah. that space it's very male dominated I worked in prisons as well which was a big big thing for me oh that's crazy yeah and I, I really How enjoyed that? it I, I really enjoyed it I mean it's so weird to say that but i think it's made me much a stronger practitioner and gave me such an insight into how you know abuse is something that can happen at such an early age and again that negative impact in your life can make can kind of push you into a, drive you yeah, to, to. i mean crime, crime is
1: exactly yeah. like i'm
2: so like just a bit of context like
1: i'm very kind of like i am a baby abolitionist i would say like <laughs> yeah. i don't really believe in prison industrial complexes and all that kind mean. of stuff and yeah, yeah. there's this thing called strain theory um, okay. which it is it yeah. basically strain theory it basically says that all crime is a result of some kind of like deprivation ah yeah, yeah or yeah. some kind of like trauma
2: uh, tra- some, yeah, yeah, yeah essentially
1: and that is that is so kind of like interesting to hear you say that because it's like you said that made you such that was such a like w- strong experience for you as a mental health practitioner because prisons are rife yeah, with yeah, these yeah. kinds of stories that's exactly why people are criminals absolutely that's exactly why people turn to crime you know because they don't they kind of abused abused little child to card and criminal pipeline yeah it's so pervasive absolutely you know so it's not just like there's so many levels of the consequence of not having help when you've been abused you know we have people yes okay they struggle maybe in their day-to-day lives but then on the other end of the spectrum we have people who are literally like they turn into like criminals and and in a lot of cases as well those people will perpetuate sexual crimes you know like and it's just it's a very
2: like difficult thing to have to it's a very serious and important thing to have to contend with definitely and I think that is you just touched on it there around you know that kind of understanding as well around people who are victims of abuse and sexual abuse they there there is a percentage that does go on and abuse others Others, but there's this percentage that's bigger they don't but they commit other crimes and I work with you know hearing stories not just even in prison but out of prison Mm. uh, in the community where people were kind of finding trying to find revenge trying to get revenge on perpetrators and when you work with these people and you understand what happened to them by this person you kind of sit there and think how can i "I blame you yeah Yeah, i get how how, 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 where do you draw on the lines of justice in that situation exactly exactly and if anything as a society i think there's a part of the society that's failed Mm, you know sexual abuse victims and rape victims i think it's definitely the way we've put these people men and women into roles and it's just kind of shoved them into these corners where they feel like right if we fall out of this we're going to be seen as a weirdo yeah and it's just mm. like it's all wrong yeah that's not the case yeah.
0: Yeah. i mean thinking about pop culture as well i think probably a recent public example of this you remember that um murad mary whatever his name is the love island guy obviously not condoning what he was getting up to. do you know who we're
1: talking about morad from he
0: he, basically he was was like a a
1: social media commentator basically he
0: was doing really well in terms Mm. of he was basically getting every single person off love island to come and talk on his podcast Uh, it was a very big thing and then he got outed for basically um participating in um like racist racist sexual sexual play yeah Um, and then he released another reason unpo- i think it was semi-apology video semi like this is what happened and he said about how he had actually been abused as a kid right. and obviously again in this circumstance, because we're not condoning what he was getting involved no, in but absolutely. at the same time it's an example of how someone has been abused as a child and then goes and ends up doing something yeah. along just, those lines yeah. like, later on as you said
1: it distorts their entire conceptualization of what sex is and what intimacy is and yeah. what it should be and absolutely and, and for them they cannot
2: see it outside of that worldview of like abuse yeah. you know like yeah 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 which They're is so sad it's so sad and it's it's really sad that they feel they can't talk about it i think that's the worst part because i'm yeah. a psychotherapist i offer therapy where i work and it's confidential you yeah. know i'm not going to go out and tell the community we're not in a space where this is going to be voiced to everybody. Mm. This is your space. This is your time. Yeah. And it's a confidential space for you to feel comfortable to talk about it and maybe if we kind of get our heads around that and kind of feed that into the the new generation that this yeah. is about you. This isn't yeah. about what anybody else thinks and nobody needs to know you're getting the yeah. support. Yeah. you know we can yeah. we offer it over the phone people don't have to come into the office we can do yeah. it a lot everything over the phone really
0: i mean like with that in mind of people maybe being um, hesitant about coming forward do you think that maybe that is a concern in the back of some south asian people's minds in terms of how they're portrayed um in like the western gaze if we think about um, yeah. um south asian people and mental health two of the main things that will come to a lot of western people's mind will be a terrorism yeah and, and be, child rapists yeah, yeah grooming exactly gangs grooming gangs. <laughs> those yeah. Are two things that I is felt, so difficult yeah, i so always annoying. personally
1: i found that such a difficult like line to th- to tread between holding our community to account but then not wanting to validate other people's perception of us as being these you yeah. know backwards grooming like you know the, the grooming gang allegations
2: not wanting to feed them but it's just it is very difficult absolutely and it is i think when you put it on a scale they like the grooming gangs they are it was it was you know put out and it was something that we didn't stop hearing about and it was always asian grooming gangs asian asian yeah. asian and it's kind of like we get targeted and then our race is just attached to that naturally 100. and then we just get stigmatized for it we just get yeah. stereotyped for it yeah and i think there is like a huge like misconception that asian men are groomers and they are abusers when there's so majority that statistically, that I work it's with.
1: every demographic. Yeah. like I'm sorry, but these these gender roles and and these kind of things that lead to abuse, they yeah. exist universally. Abs- it's got mm-hmm. nothing you know, to do, nothing to do with culture, nothing, nothing to do with, culture, nothing, yeah. nothing to do Absolutely with race. Absolutely not that's the kind of line that you have to toe isn't it like okay how far can I take this and how vocal can I be about this without giving outsiders some kind of validation
2: into kind of really perpetuating these stereotypes absolutely and that's why I think the younger generation well my hope is that they're the ones that are going to break that they're the ones that are kind of sick of it I mean I feel like we can see it in the generation's yeah
1: no i agree i agree i think a lot you know like it's really funny like this is a bit of a personal story but recently i've been trying to get push my mum to go to therapy yeah yeah plethora of issues (laughs) bloody hell like like every i think a lot of south asian 100 like immigrant housewives you know that kind of background and one of her big fear is that she doesn't want to open up to her therapist because she doesn't want to shatter the illusion of like she's a dutiful you know housewife she doesn't want to have something to complain about she doesn't want to have issues with this that and the other you know and it's exactly what you're talking about people you know South Asians are they have this deeply ingrained thing where it's like oh what will people say what will people think like because that's how we're raised that's how we're thought to think all the time and even when it comes to a point where it's at your detriment you can't shake that mentality you know where it's like Life and death for some people. Absolutely, they would much rather be silent, and 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 that silence can be potentially fatal for them. Absolutely, than to actually come forward and be like, you know what, I will take negative perception so that i can
2: save myself people don't do those things absolutely and we mimic what we've seen there's you know a lot of talk now about uh generational trauma so yeah. it's the trauma that we carry Hundred. on our grandparents our great grandparents and our parents bears and of it i always kind of <laughs> sit there me and my sister have these conversations and i'm like where will it end you yeah. know because if you go back to our parents yeah their life was difficult but then their parents they inherited it from theirs and yeah. if you keep going back it doesn't stop you yeah. know so It's kind of like, at this point now, you have to recognise the things you don't agree with or you don't think are healthy for you. You don't want to carry forward. Don't carry forward. Yeah. Let's not do that. You know, that's something that me and my sisters had a a baby, he's one. Oh. Um, Some, you know, my, my first nephew. So it was like... She was talking to me about his mental state and not carrying on things that we've grown up doing. And I was like, that's exactly what we need to do. Yeah. Like, cut the tie. I agree. No, I agree.
1: I agree. I have the same conversation with people of our generation all the time because, especially like within the South Asian communities, there's so many similar stories, household to household, people to people. So many of my friends can resonate with the same, similar things. And it's like, there's a level of it okay we need to hold our parents and our guardians to account but then also there's a level of it where it's like they inherited that as you were saying so it's like the cycle actually has to end with us absolutely and 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 that's kind of where people like you are very important because the one way of doing that is to come out and talk and, and actually actively tackle and combat issues that you're dealing with because it's not you're not going to wake up one day and it's gone and it's fixed absolutely it's active work that we need to be doing it's um and that's and and obviously that's why you're here and that's why you're doing what you're doing and i think the important thing about you know how we're asking or why do we need to talk about it why is that so important one big part of it is that validation yeah and 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 being validated because when you keep something in and when everyone else around you is keeping it in it's very easy to believe it doesn't exist and it's only happening
2: to you so true
1: and and you're the weirdo like you were saying and you're the odd one out and no one else is going to understand and no one else can resonate and no one else can help yeah but having those conversations putting yourself out there realizing there's so many people around you that could relate yeah. and actually there are systems of help in place and you're not crazy for feeling how you feel you are completely validated in your experience that i think would encourage more people Definitely, you know but yeah. you don't know and you can't experience that unless you come forward yeah mm.
2: absolutely and knowing that when you do come forward if you do it's confidential you know that's, nobody yeah, needs huge to know mm. i think that's one of the that's one of the things i want to really push and just say that you can talk about the darkest times in your life and feel safe and feel like it's not going to go anywhere because even if you talk to the imam or you talk to somebody like I'm sorry but I think the way the community is people talk it's not confidential it's not a contract that you sign with the imam to say yeah, you can't and you talk about you need like
1: this. professional help you need that you need yeah. someone trained like Absolutely. imams i'm i'm like a you know i'm very in touch with my faith you know yeah, yeah. I, I i love my faith but and and faith can is very powerful and it can play a huge role in in healing and and being kind of restorative so but glad. it will yeah, it can't support. Gap the medical need, and it's not supposed to. Islam encourages exactly. us to seek medical attention. Yeah. It encourages, you know, g- get Look treated. Yourself, yeah. it, it, it encourages those things. So Absolutely. don't expect that an imam is going to be able to fix where things that you where you need medical attention. Absolutely. You know, imam is
2: supposed to supplement that. Absolutely. You know, mm. and I think you know, you have that relationship with God, and you know, the God that I believe in, I believe wouldn't doesn't want people to be abused. They want people to be supported and you know getting help when they are struggling it's not something that i don't i don't feel the god that i believe in is okay with people abusing people so in my mind it's kind of like why do we just make hours if it's not happening why are we just keeping it quiet and Mm. again Mm -hmm. going back to what you were just saying about sort of you know you know your mom and encouraging her to get that help and the roles i think you know but that generational trauma for men is Mm. when you look back in the day they were fighters you know yeah. they were people that went out and fought and came back and won battles and all that kind of stuff but now no, they really were yeah. yeah they really were it was it was exactly that yeah. so that is embedded into yeah. our culture into yeah. our community you know you grow up with the boys and that you are a fighter you are a soldier and it's like no they they can be in, in other ways but they also it's strong to say I need help,
1: yeah. that yeah. man will really walking around with the village with yeah. spears, and, yeah. and, and and all that kind of like village politics, like exactly spears and we'll fight you and yeah. cleavers and all that. Exactly. Like, it's really true, it's very true.
0: Um, I don't think I would have fared very well personally.
1: So, like, love you, yeah, uh, we really you. would, have. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's right, and 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 I think the difficult thing and the scary thing about that for men is kind of now you have to reimagine your entire concept of masculinity Yeah, you know so it's not just it's that thing you start pulling on the thread and so much unravels so much you know your relationship with your faith your relationship with your community your relationship with your own um, kind of conceptualization of gender and masculinity Mm -hmm. and your role in the house and your role in the family and your role outside
2: in the community and society like yeah 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 absolutely and the faith does play a big part in it because you know there's all that um, kind of understanding around being pure before marriage because faith is used to silence and as well. And faith, yeah. yeah, and I think when you kind of look back in the day, you know, th- people religion was a massive thing, and people would go and pray. You know, they would go into a space, and mm. it was a confidential space between them and God. Yeah, and I think that was like their form of therapy, therapy when you kind yeah. of look at it. And now yeah. it's like, okay, we still have that. You can still do that. Yeah, but get the help as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. get the support that you need, yeah. and talk to somebody about it who
1: can support you who can help you through it I think the difficult thing like with Muslim communities is that you know how I was saying faith is also used to like silence Mm. people sometimes I know situations where um, like girls have gone to their mums for example to be like hey look this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like ushered away, just kind of, no, 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 that's dirty, that's dirty. Yeah, don't, don't, don't see that. Don't that. talk about that. That's, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. You, you know, how like, will you get married if you yeah, say that? Yeah. You know, like, oh, no, oh, it's un Islamic. You know, Allah doesn't like these things. Like, yeah. you shouldn't talk. You're a Muslim girl. Don't talk about these things. You know, so faith is wrongly used to silence people. We were made to believe that Islam is so conservative that these things just simply cannot exist. And if they exist you must not speak about it. You must pretend like it never happened. And actually it's the complete opposite. Islam is at its core a religion of justice. Absolutely. You know, and Islam there is not not a single like verse in the Quran that mandates this kind of abuse in any way however there are many verses that, that talks about getting help looking after yourself getting being yeah. you know being supported absolutely that's right. what the reality of islam is you it know is like so it's, it's, it's it's it's
2: very sad how people then will internalize certain ideas absolutely you know? mm-hmm. and i think it is this kind of look into others and getting that advice so you'll go to an imam and they'll interpret it in a certain type of way and then you think that's the way it is and they might not be necessarily right yeah unfortunately a lot of times like with south asian communities we've struggled to separate culture from religion oh yeah Yeah. that's a big thing that's a massive thing and i'm similar to you i love my faith i love my culture but there are you know things that i know stop people from coming forward because of faith because of, it, of yeah. but it's their interpretation of yeah, it. faith
1: should empower you to come
2: forward and seek help not absolutely. not silence you not mm. silence you absolutely not and i think it is this again this role for a man that needs to just be strong but yeah. for me you know even in my training as a psychotherapist one of the biggest things they said was you need to look after yourself you know because if you can't look after yourself how do you expect to look after your clients how do you expect to support your clients the best way you can yeah and you know that's one of the things i preach daily is Mm. if you need to take a step back whether you're a man or a woman you know it doesn't matter Mm. you need to take that step back work on yourself because that strength you'll come back stronger and you'll be able to do whatever it is you want to do the best way you can yeah
0: yeah we've gone past three so I'm going to have to unfortunately round on although I'm sure we could talk for a whole of our hour I know know, let's keep on going and going Um, just to round things off though do you mind just telling us again about um, what We Are Survivors is and also like how if anyone's listening and does want to reach out how they can do so absolutely
2: so So We Are Survivors we're an organisation to help male survivors of sexual violence Um, we support men 18 plus but we also support people from the trans community non-binary all that so we accept anyone who feels comfortable in our setting um, and we want to support you in the best way we can uh, you know we encourage you to come forward when the time's right for you what i'll do as well call is i'll leave you a number which is um, a survivor helpline which is 24 hours so if anybody is feeling triggered by this or wants to come forward and talk about something give them a call and have a look at our website we are survivors.org.uk and just have a browse and see if you feel comfortable and give us a call I'm there there's a whole team of us there Um, there's people from the non from non South Asian community there's people myself and another practitioner who is from the South Asian community so we're here we're just kind of ready for anyone who wants to come forward
1: yeah i think it's a like anyone obviously it's extremely sad anyone who has had to go through abuse but it is it, it can be very life-changing yeah, you know so you don't have to live the way that you are you don't have to be in silence you don't have to keep suffering it's enough to have gone through the
2: abuse in the first place you don't have to keep suffering absolutely you know so and just thank you to you guys as well for actually when i reached out you were one of no the only this like is what our platform forward. is so about like
1: you. you know is that the onus we've talked so much about on um, the 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 victims to come forward and talk, but also equal onus on on the rest of us as as a society Absolutely. to to hold space for, for for victims of abuse and to hold space for these conversations and to you know validate them and 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 as I was saying before about faith, like in Islam, it's a divine decree that we have to you know stand by justice and and, and disseminate justice where we can. So um, you know for for everyone else listening who isn't necessarily uh, who's lucky enough to not be uh, a, a victim of abuse, like um also kind of think about the onus on you to yeah. to support people and to have
0: conversations
1: and to open up spaces as well. Absolutely. Mm. So, thank thank you. You much, yeah. thank so thank you very much. Thank you for coming much, up and me, having so this conversation. It is a very important conversation. Thank you.
0: That was punch ollie Knight with I Need Your Body on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth radio station. If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name is I'm here with Halima. Hey, guys. I'm just
1: noticing, Carlos, you really are toweled up today, aren't you? Because your shorts... I noticed your top before, but I didn't even notice
0: your shorts. Well, that's just me, isn't it?
1: Guys, um, for those who who aren't kind of listening from Manchester or lucky enough to not listen to from the UK period, um, it's actually really hot right now. It's it's, very hot. It's very hot. I'm not going to lie, it is very hot. It's particularly sweltering in Pi Radio Studios. (laughs) Um, We are on the fourth floor. Um it is a protected building i.e no ac (laughs) no windows
0: (laughs) i mean there are windows but like not where we are no not where we are um
1: so carlos is really struggling and he has actually got on
0: full towel kit
1: literally his shirt and his shorts are made up of like towel material i'm guessing to absorb basically The the sweat that'll that's
0: no doubt dripping off of him okay right we didn't need to go that far <laughs> I can, i'm literally just at
1: the corner of, of my eye just seeing you just wipe your face every 30 seconds with your towel
0: <laughs> it's, it's multi-purpose
1: oh it's smart right it's smart.
0: anyway before we get into anything i promised i'd let you tell us so rapid why have you not got a phone halima guys i don't have a phone
1: Uh, so i've been on holiday everyone that's why i've been not not here on the show for a few weeks i was doing like a cute little uh, road trip around spain with my family um and then basically i went radio silent for about a week yeah it was
0: weird it was like story, story 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 silence
1: oh did you miss me on
0: instagram no comment
1: he did um basically i was in malaga i was on a boat ride it was fantastic they had these like nets in the middle i was just chilling on the net having the time of my life fantastic views fantastic atmosphere guys why did my phone drop into the ocean why did my phone and you know what's mad as well like it was attached to my portable so it was attached to a wire it fell through the net and i held the wire thinking hang on a second hang on a second and then it just plopped into the ocean mm. but actually do you know what like i so i was with my that my family my cousins there was 11 of us all together and i actually didn't react like i was actually fine with it mm. like i didn't really care
0: it's weird i had a similar reaction obviously i cared but when my phone got stolen at glastonbury i everyone's like why are you not more like angry more like agitated?" And I was like oh it is what it is like, I feel like once literally ex- my family it, like-,
1: like I'm I'm very like in general I have a very like I don't really feel stressed I don't really stress about things and I'm very kind of like I'm just I'm generally just quite calm and collected right and my family were literally the way they were gripping their phone afterwards <laughs> after they saw what happened to me they were like every every like two minutes I'm like oh my god I can't believe it like what just are you oh my god are you all right I'm like you lot I don't care like it's actually fine it's gone it's done now like the only thing i cared about was like my iCloud like my photos mm. and like all my my data and my memory stuff that was the only thing where i was like oh my god like if i do not have that i will like i'll be devastated but i pay like i'm not gonna lie guys nine pounds a month or something like that for yeah. one TB iCloud storage yeah. so I'm, I'm like that nine pounds a month is coming in clutch because then when i got home and i logged into my um like iCloud on my macbook it, everything was there Alhamdulillah So It was actually alright But I I actually You know what's funny as well Like literally three weeks Before this Mm. happened On Twitter Like someone This girl was tweeting About her boyfriend A story about her boyfriend Some random girl on Twitter Was saying that her boyfriend uh, Like broke his phone And she was asking him Like oh When are you getting one And he was like oh don't know like he was just chilling without a phone and she thought that was so weird and i quote tweeted it saying like oh a similar thing happened to me a couple of years ago when i was in uni where i broke my phone and i just didn't get a phone for seven months
0: walking through the dark streets of coventry at who knows what yeah hour. no
1: really really like that's how i always tell the story to people because Co- coventry has like i think it's like one of the highest ca- crime rates in the yeah. uk and i was like literally city center like i was in ends guys like i used to live under a bridge that's how like Whoa. no it's creepy no you <laughs> know you're saying well the, now if you go the
0: troll and the three belly crows guys Whoa. if you know cov if you know covc your
1: violence you know yeah, exactly I get.
0: living under a bridge you know exactly Relevance.
1: nah because it was it. that's that bridge a lot used to happen down there okay. a lot used to happen down there wow. but um yeah so I literally I went seven months without a phone and I quote tweeted that girl's tweet saying like oh I'm feeling to do it again you lot from my lips to god's ears <laughs> from Yay. my lips to god's ears he heard me because how did my phone end up in the air I was shown three weeks after i said i'm feeling to do it again i am doing it again anyway i've not replaced my phone i'm just using my work phone at the minute
0: we'll see how long that lasts but
1: i'm actually slyly thinking um because it's my birthday coming up and they're doing the new apple iphone oh, on my birthday it this
0: time, yeah. so it's on
1: my birthday on my actual yeah. birthday so i'm thinking i might just treat myself or i might ask
0: other people to treat me <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is my birthday so
0: i can confirm the mango masala budget cannot cannot
1: stretch (laughs) (laughs) solomon is outside i might ask him about the pie pie radio budget
0: (laughs) right anyway enough about your travels and that not it's time to get on to bad vibes island Island. and let me just say this island has been chaos (laughs) chaos <laughs> you know you know it's so so really chaos. the simulation is really simulationing
1: is actually comical
0: it's 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 so bad it's, it's funny, comical right? because
1: why is the home secretary asking the british public to help them catch a convicted terrorist he was broken right. loose well, from actually, prison
0: oh he's, he's, no, he's not convicted sorry
1: like he'd been char- he's he'd been charged he
0: was remanded being held on custody pending trial right yeah
1: sorry my bad not
0: convicted yeah. sorry daniel but alleged yeah right alleged let's give the context here so daniel abad khalif he was on remand um in custody pending <laughs> trial he is an ex-member of the armed forces though he's only 21 um and he was accused of eliciting or are attempting to elicit information about an individual who was or had been a member of his majesty's forces so basically stealing information from the armed forces um to basically give to another person who might act in a terrorist manner um and he's also accused of placing three canisters with wires at RAF Stafford with the intention of inducing in another a belief that said article is likely to explode or ignite. Basically and, uh, a vi- homemade uh, yeah. bomb. But it's a, it was a hoax. So it was yeah, a bomb hoax, was a hoax, basically. Um, so he was being held in prison pending trial. Um, so he managed to escape from HMP Wandsworth. I said Michael Schofield. <laughs> is michael schofield
1: from prison break the main character oh, from I, prison I, I break know. carlos
0: sorry anyway he escaped and the way he escaped was he was doing his prison job in the kitchen and he managed to get on the bottom of a delivery van and escape
1: how is that even possible <laughs> like
0: i mean he strapped
1: himself <laughs> like he's obviously quite clever he's committed he's obviously quite clever but it's just the fallout <laughs> Twitter is just a very hilarious place. Anyway, the conversations have just been very, very funny (laughs) about all of this. How can my man escape in red and white checkered pants?
0: It's really it's like pink, isn't it? Like it's, just, it's
1: bright, yeah. like graphic design pants. And now Wandsworth Prison are pu- pointing the finger at the government, saying that they're underfunded mm. and like that I they mean, don't have the. I mean, I, I believe don't, them. No doubt it. I believe them. Not that I believe prisons need any more funding anyway. Like, so this is okay. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give you my perspective. I on on a level, yeah, I think if a man can break out of prison,
0: he deserves to be free. That's like, Halima's opinion. Like
1: my opinion. Slightly, i think he deserves to be free if he can break out prison also when they say terrorist terrorist to who like but like what definition because all now they haven't really released much information about the guy you know they haven't actually Mm. told us like
0: i mean all we know is that the reason he's being held is because he allegedly passed on classified information i believe to iran um, i believe his father's iranian and also um he did the whole thing where he pla- allegedly planted a, a fake hulk. a fake bomb like at this hate um sta- rf <clears throat> stafford so i don't know man i, I enemy you, I of the w- state
1: is my friend did it the right, enemy of okay. my, enemy is my friend joking joking <laughs> that was a categorical <laughs> joke categorical joke
0: Ca- joke. <laughs> i get what joke. you mean in the sense that the word terrorist we immediately think someone that has harmed other people and in this circumstance yeah. from the information that we have so far he hasn't harmed anyone so yeah comparing we it, don't know yeah. like
1: we actually don't have any information do you know what i mean and like things like terrorists are very very loose because for example the people who uh, were trying to stop the deportation planes at Stansted 12 mm. they were classified as terrorists so yeah. i think knowing and understanding the political climate of the uk is very hard to kind of think of the word terrorist in the classical sense where you're thinking al-qaeda you know mm. um so i personally am reserving judgment until or unless we hear actual information about kind of what he has or has not allegedly done
0: I mean someone was saying it's hilarious if he goes to trial and gets acquitted of these charges but then gets charged for escaping
1: yeah 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 but But you know what's funny though so basically in Banbury train station there was a guy who looked similar to to Daniel Horatio yeah who'd been apprehended and obviously a video had leaked of him basically talking and it looked like he was smooth talking (laughs) the police officers people found this guy quite conventionally attractive the ladies were going crazy on Twitter for him it was hilarious I do get Yeah, I mean, he's not bad looking. He's not bad looking. I see it, but it was just hilarious. Like, because he he made a Twitter account to basically speak on what had happened, and everyone was tweeting it. Like, but just I can't even say on air. Just with the maddest,
0: maddest bars
1: they were really really dropping heavy bars on this guys just
0: to give context over what's actually happened so daniel escaped on wednesday the 6th of september in the morning this massive manhunt happens Police, police are searching everywhere motorways are closed Planes delayed. People can't leave the country because they're like trying to find him leaving. £20,000 reward offered for any information. Oh my God. Have you seen the queues at
1: Manchester airport? It it's was crazy. Mad. It's insane.
0: And bearing in mind, he escaped in Wandsworth down south. The, the whole connections, they'll say, yeah, to the north The west. whole UK kind of just grinds to a halt. Today mr daniel arrested in chiswick less than an hour's drive away Oh wait, was it? <laughs> been, i didn't know
1: that he's been caught yeah
0: oh why did i didn't know that yeah, this is literally. a new development for me <laughs> this morning he's been he caught. was found less than an hour's drive now away. You, fumbled, <laughs> you fumbled you fumbled
1: he fumbled how <laughs> can it be 48 hours and you're still in uh,
0: 75, 75, 75 how can it
1: be 35 hours not only are you not out the country not only are you not out of the South, you're not even out of London. You fumbled. I, someone he did said, that for... He was just bored. He was bored. Said, he wanted to get captured again.
0: Obviously, escaped from HMP Wandsworth and people are like, literally, why are you staying in West London of all the places My God, London, nah. That is the one place where people will actually... It was a prank. It was, a prank. it was a prank. He was a pranking
1: <laughs> us. He actually doesn't want to escape. How can man still be in the same area? That's uh, crazy.
0: And the other thing, I saw so many people like in TikTok saying like this is in regards to the government and armed forces like handling of this in this britain where you go one centimeter into a bus lane and get a letter through the post yeah
1: yeah it has been said how has
0: this person managed to go 75 hours literally within a one hour radius of it and managed to go unavailable for that long you know
1: what I'll tell you how I'll tell you how this is someone else's tweet they were like put that man in some Uniqlo trousers a white tee a cap and some New Balance and he's basically every white man in London Mm. that's how but you know what was so funny like it's this kind of not fully but like very fascinating to see is this kind of racial profiling of white men as someone from a muslim south asian background that's kind of that's a thing that you it's a kind of product of discrimination and racism that you live with as a very permanent fixture in your community racial profiling and it's things that white it's something that white people generally can't ever really relate to so now it was just really funny to see this racial profiling of white men you know horatio but even that interaction man I don't want to get too deep in my political bag. yeah but, but like, the way
0: he was just sat on the bench he's there and he chilling sweet so like, talking yeah. to the police
1: officer meanwhile black kids get apprehended with like 12 riot vans yeah kids children by riot vans and this white man who's a suspected suspected terrorist is just yeah, chatting chilling. calmly to this police officer two police officers yeah anyways it's very interesting very funny very comical because you, you really gotta laugh because if you deep deep it too much you'll go
0: crazy yeah but i think final comments on that daniel fumbled the bag sorry
1: yeah very interesting yeah. to see what will happen and what will come of. because i think it will be quite widely followed now like yeah. this trial and
0: stuff so i mean he's basically made himself a celebrity
1: no he has yeah. he has so i'll be very interested to see what happens
0: yeah right moving on to the next issue at hand schools are crumbling no, down. literally. Literally. <laughs>
1: you know what? You know um, Jeremy Vine on his uh, show mm. He was talking about it, and they were, and then he was like, Oh, now we're going to go to a music ba- break, and it was Beyonce. Hey, love, remember those words? <laughs> oh, baby, they're crumbling down. I probably he did it on funny. purpose. That's funny
0: from the BBC. Yeah, and he did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny.
1: But oh, no, dear. literally, guys, our uh, concrete, apparently, just yeah. something wrong with the concrete, right. and it's uh, crumbling.
0: Facts More than 100 schools across the uk have been ordered to close over fears of potentially dangerous concrete used in their construction between the 1950s and mid-90s it could cause structural collapse it's commonly referred to as literally in the industry it's referred to as crumbling concrete oh and described God. as 80 percent air it's also oh been nicknamed God. an aerobar bar because it basically contains pockets of air like bubbles of air the crisis has left teachers scrambling to find temporary accommodation and many have forced um, students to um, begin their school year remotely like covid again more than 30 hospitals are also believed to be at yeah, risk as that. well as other buildings like shopping centers homes so there's also fear that this crumbling concrete could expose asbestos.
1: Oh my god, it which just never was ending.
0: extensively used in construction in the 1950s and 90s and remains in at least 300,000 non-domestic buildings across the country. Now, obviously, this in itself is just a mess. Also, the kids, guys, yeah. come on, like going closing the door. With yeah. This in itself is just a mess. Like this is, this is kids' schools. Why has it t- got taken this long to do something about it? The fact that, like, literally it's now at the start of the school year that, like, this is all gone. Why were plans not put into place before whatever?
1: Like, at schools and hospitals, you lot, like, the most vulnerable of our society, children yeah. and sick people. Well, you couldn't do it in office buildings.
0: Mm. You couldn't
1: do it in the offices. The right. Canary Wharf and them man there.
0: And I'm sure you're wondering, like oh but this is um this is buildings that were built between the 1950s and 90s how does this have anything to do with our government well in 2010 when the tories came into power labor had actually put into place a school rebuilding plan and guess by the way
1: also by the way guys the Tories and uh, the political parties we have now were existent in them times as well, by the way. Mm. It might not have been the individuals, but the party was.
0: Well, this is the thing. Guess who decided to scrap it?
1: David Cameron.
0: Mr. Michael Gove. Oh, oh <laughs> he I was, it was David Cameron. No, he was, um, he was working under David Cameron. Oh, of course. He was the sec- education yeah, secretary. He literally came in. One of the first God. things that he did was scrap this um, re- school rebuilding program. And he is quoted recently as saying. It was not so much that it was wrong to save public money. It was done in a crisis and an insensitive way and it taught me a lesson. There can be a football oh, manager gosh. culture in politics, which means that we are too quick to condemn someone when they make a mistake.
1: No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no. A mistake is like writing the wrong date yeah. on, on, a, on a document. That's a mistake. Knowing Knowing that you've got what they, what do they call it crumbling concrete aero yeah. concrete yeah that is the foundation of schools and hospitals knowing what the consequence of that will be knowing who the victims of that will be and then still choosing to not do anything
0: about it mm. that's not a mistake also the fact that you did that in 2010 we're now in 2023 mad that was all years now you ago. had 13
1: years all yeah. now and i know i know you lot have money how much did they spend on that track and trace app
0: Billion, two billion like or something like a, that a, a ridiculous it's amounts, like stupid
1: yeah. it's like stupid even back in t- uh, 2010 i understand okay two years post um you know financial collapse or yeah. whatever
0: but in that 20- nah, even
1: then i bet you they had in money the, in
0: that like 2015 period before brexit happened like surely when the tories first came into power like it's in fully tories in yeah the Canada, like surely there was a point then where, like okay we're in power we've got money maybe we should save the kids no
1: Because all that You knew about it innit? Okay f- Let's say for absolute Argument's sake Let's be as generous As we possibly can And say Do you know what fares, You might not have Had the money in 2010 Which I don't believe By the way You knew about it mm-hmm. So as soon as You get the money Is that not like Should that not be some like, Priority No the kids michael
0: and the best thing as well is coming on to the current party um education secretary G- Gillian keegan have you seen this oh when she yeah. was like no one
1: ever wants to say well don't yeah. do they.
0: she was um having into i believe it was an itv and they thought the cameras had cut off but they hadn't and she was saying does anyone ever want to say you know you've done an effing good job because everyone has sat on their a word and done nothing no signs of that no i'm
1: sorry put me on your payroll <laughs> and i'll do something put me on your payroll me i will sort it out what do you mean no yeah. one has done anything who's supposed to do anything but you it's your job it's what you're getting paid for the
0: fact that also makes perfect sense when you think about it, that her um processor was um what's his name the guy who like basically messed up everyone's a levels what's he called i've forgotten i'm gonna look it up
1: Basically, what Carlos is saying, I don't think we've ever had a good education minister. I don't think we've ever had, in my opinion, any good Tory minister, period. But education has just been a mess.
0: Oh, that's it. Gavin Williamson that's right there we go the guy that basically decided oh we're just gonna give like predicted grades and like messed up a lot of people's stuff like and also the fact that they kept on changing the goalposts and it was like they were making like a new decisions every time and then right before just zero protocol basically zero protocol just vibe not even vibes bad vibes
1: bad vibes but no that's that's actually (laughs) crazy though when i was watching that i was like what is it that you want to be applauded for like what what have yeah you
0: done? what 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 is your good job like, what have you actually yeah done? good job
1: for what seriously and also like you're there saying no one else has done anything you're the one getting paid to do it like bears as well not just paid and they've just getting paid bears a, and
0: they just come from a two-month holiday as well like, yeah. anyway this country chaotic bad vibes at the moment in our opinion so let's take a bit of a journey over to india now oh my god india allegedly wants to change its name so it's literally one (laughs) bad vibes country
1: to the next man
0: prime minister modi's government referred to the country as borough in an official invitation um leaving many wondering whether the name will be changed um since the G twenty invitations were delivered, um government critics have accused Modi's government and its Hindu nationalist BJP of planning to change the name to only Bharat. Um the name is a Sanskrit term found in scriptures written around two thousand years ago. It refers to an ambiguous territory which stretched beyond today's borders of India and may have even extended to cover Indonesia as well. yeah The BGP BJP has already, like, renamed quite a few um, cities and places, lots that were involved in the uh, Mughal and colonial periods. For example, last year, the Mughal Garden at the Presidential Palace in New Delhi was renamed. Critics have said these new names are an attempt to erase um, the Mughal period, which obviously involved um, Muslims who ruled the subcontinent for almost 300 years. They want to erase that history. Um, Now... A lot of people have said that this controversy surrounding the name is rooted in intolerance shown by Modi's government basically they don't like that we're calling the country India so we're going to change it to Bharat without any kind of like democracy or democratic voting anything people are saying this is an example of them just being like if we don't like it we're going to change it
1: it's actually very like so this 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 idea of like changing names um has a very deep-rooted like um history particularly in the post-colonial period Period. so like names are very important right names denote things names hold a name holds a history a name has a political contingency a historical contingency a social contingency names are very very important that's why in the post-colonial period where loads of loads of states nation states were kind of gaining newfound independence they had renamed themselves you know Ceylon um, changed to Sri Lanka Siam changed to um, uh, Thailand like loads of places you know uh, Bombay Change to mumbai like so many places and it was this idea of like we're shedding a colonial past and we're kind of you know creating this new nation state blah, blah 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 however india's you know transition from colonial to post-colonial period was very very much tinged with ideas of hindu nationalism which today have become so rigid and muscular that it is a fascist state right um by every definition of the word and it's not even our opinion there are literal reports that can point to things that are happening in india with especially with um regard to treatment of muslims uh, other religious and ethnic minorities uh, linguistic minorities um so let's not be fooled here like this change to this name Bharat like so Bharat is a it's a it's an exonym so exonym and endonyms are basically endonym is like a name that you give for something for outsiders An exonym is a name that you give for people belonging so like for example Bangla and Bengali so Bengali is the English name for Bangla Bangla is the Bengali name for Bangla do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's always been an, a name for people to refer to, but the, uh, the, the name Bharat is very, very tied to Hindu mythology, um, which is very significant when we look at kind of India being a Hindu nationalist state um, and that this is kind of like, you know, the final step in this, you know, precipitation as India of India. Being a rigidly Hindu state that is for Hindus because that's really the narrative that they're trying to push now changing the name from India to Bharat it basically expunges um, and purges the country of any non-Hindu influence or culture or remnant even Mm -hmm. you know
0: you know what it is as well they're saying that the reason they want to do this is to erase india's colonial past when in actuality um the name india wasn't actually given by the british it actually We're from
1: like, the indus valley yeah it's like,
0: 2400 years old and is originally derived from the river sindhu hindus um and has been in use since Um, 5 bc having been first referenced in Herodotus' histories whatever that is yeah yeah i don't know
1: but it's also like you can't talk about them trying to erase kind of shed this you know colonial um cover veil without talking about how they've done it do you know i mean because for them going from for india moving from post-colonial from uh, colonial to post-colonial has been through this narrative of like we are a rigidly hindu country and we're for hindu people and you know like really kind of um uh hindu mythology kind of presenting that as a national history right so as to purge as i said all non-hindu demographics so when you consider that that's what their kind of journey has been through the post-colonial period, you can't detach that now from them wanting to change the name to Bharat as a as a means of shedding the colonial past. Mm. You just cannot. Um
0: You know what's kind of funny though is that allegedly Pakistan is they want you, the name India. Now? Yeah. <laughs> because obviously the name India, like I said, it refers to the Indus Valley, which now technically is in Pakistan.
1: Yeah. So They're not gonna I don't think it's true. I think it's probably like some people yeah, are, like, oh, probably, are we, yeah. like silly like kind yeah. of speculation. But I don't I don't think it's true. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just I don't know, it's just another well, thing really like to because <clears throat> so there's so many levels of it there is that level of it as the, as we've just been talking about which is kind of like pl- really playing into and 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 um, validating the kind of hindu nationalism um or fascism really uh, but then there's also a question of it which is like as carlos was saying before that it's happening non or could potentially happen non-democratically
0: yeah yeah exactly this is the thing it is ba- i think they're having meetings on it on the 18th to 24th of september Um, Which is just like It's all very sudden isn't it This type of thing should be like a democratic process If you're changing a whole country's name Literally one of the (laughs) most large populated countries in the world like It's the largest
1: democracy in the world mm, India Yeah well it's supposed to be the largest democracy in the world that's why it's mm. that's why like just even in general not even as a muslim or a south asian like just in general whatever happens there it has worldwide repercussion that has worldwide resonate like you know resonances
0: yeah um, people are saying as well like india has built like its brand around that like there is like very much like it, it's got its own definitive brand around being called india and them changing it is going to mess things up massively in terms of like their um, economy and stuff in terms of what people consider to be india like if you'll see Bharat, no one's really gonna think oh that's india yeah. like the average person
1: yeah no no of course exactly but yeah i don't know i think this change you just you cannot as i say detach it from the kind of like real life bjp fascism and kind of larger instrument of hindu nationalism in the country right now yeah. um
0: right gonna round things up there got three minutes left do Give you know a- what's
1: funny you know what's funny like i actually wanted to talk about because yesterday i went to watch joe Arn, yeah and it, it actually just kind of relate to not the school stuff here and also what's going on in india right now like it was it was guys it was really good i really enjoyed it i was very scared going into that film because Pathan, which is Rukh khan's like other action movie that came out uh l- end of last year oh my god nonsense it was it was awful really? it was i thought so- a lot of people liked it no he's got one, carlos It he's was. Got, he's
0: got long hair in that one and this one is balls
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it was so bad patan was so bad but javan it is really really good and it's it's a political film people look at you won't know until when you watch the trailer um but people think it's like an action i thought it's going to be like a vapid action kind of blah 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 blah. blah. but it's actually it's a, it's a political movie and it, it and it talks about um like one of the things is about like um it, it just talks about kind of like a failing society and the kind of message is about kind of like g- choosing your government that's what the message is about it's about make sure you choose your government properly and, and it kind of talks about the failings of the government there's a, a you know that the first the first hour is all about farmer suicides
0: Oh, okay. yeah very yeah yeah
1: yeah it's actually really topical, re- yeah. very current the first hour is about farmer suicides then it's about like government hospitals and, and all of these things and like can i give a bit of a spoiler um,
2: spoiler, spoiler,
1: alert. Alert. <laughs> spoiler alert there's like a scene basically where um uh they actually i'm not gonna say it because i'm gonna ruin everything yeah don't but ruin everything i'm not i won't ruin everything because <laughs> it is i would really recommend people to go watch it but it's very funny it's cu- quite timely as well because yeah the overall message from that was about like you know look at all these failings in society it is a governmental responsibility and the responsibility of the citizen is make sure you double triple quadruple check who you are voting for so it was a really good film guys i would really recommend you to go
0: watch it fair enough right that rounds off nicely um thank you so much to everyone that's tuned in to today's episode of guys um like we said at the beginning anyone that um felt um like they want to reach out after um speaking to nisa just dm us and we'll put you in touch or um or
1: refer yourself to survivors yeah she um, she
0: is tagged in our um instagram posts as well so you yeah, am sure you can find her and yeah. the company through that or the organization through that right we will see you next week bye
1: thanks guys